Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.
Anybody ever gone through some storms in your life? You've been hurt and you've gone through and you have been broken in your spirit, broken in your heart. But how many of you know that healer is in the building tonight? Not just a physical healer, but healer of all things. Everything's broken in your life. So we just invite the presence of the Lord to heal every broken area of your life
Gloria, are you with us? Maria, you're muted. I'm here, you guys. When, um, Helena, I'm here. Good afternoon, everyone. This is Gloria. This is your call to worship for the fourth Saturday in January. Today is January the 25th, 2020. I was indeed glad when they said, let us go into the house of the Lord. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to our Saturday evening worship service. For some, it's good evening. For others, it's good afternoon. I bring you greetings on behalf of our pastor, uh, Reverend Dr. Millicent Black. We say welcome to all of our regular listeners, members, any new listeners. I'd like to extend a warm welcome to our uh, evening service. I thank you for purposing in your heart to join us in corporate worship today as we enter God's presence together. And we trust that you have been in worship with the Lord all week long and that this is the crescendo where we worship together as a church family. And uh, we pray that during this service you will be blessed and encouraged and that you will come back again next Saturday to join in with us. Now this uh, evening... Our ministry team, uh, I've just been informed, will consist of uh, Minister Pamela and Pastor Terrence Wilson, who will offer our preach word today, a fresh word today, so that our faith will be increased. Elder Carolyn Cunningham will serve as our worship leader, leading us in our invocation and our invitation to giving. Our invitation to discipleship will also be led by Elder Carolyn. Today our talk show managers are Sister Helena Thompson, who's responsible for all of our beautiful recorded music, including our prelude, which begins 15 minutes prior to worship service. So if you ever want to quiet your spirit and meditate on the Lord before worship begins, just come in, dial in, and listen to all the beautiful music she prepares. Sister Cheryl Miller-Harvey serves as our assistant talk show manager, and she's responsible for all of our operational matters. And Cheryl is also our church website webmaster. Today, uh, Sister Helena Thompson will lead us to the throne of grace in altar prayer. Our upcoming events for the week, please, Join us this coming Wednesday night, which is usually our regularly scheduled Wednesday night small group Bible study. 
but we have now designated the fifth Wednesday night of uh, whichever month it occurs in as our fifth Wednesday night prayer time. So pastor and minister Juanita, who's the leader of our prayer team ministry, will invite you to join in with us on our prayer call, and that will begin at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 7 p.m. Central Standard Time, and 5 p.m. Pacific Time. So please come in and uh, have us uh, offer all of our prayers up to the Lord, whatever is on your heart. And then don't forget to join us each Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday mornings for our early morning intercessory prayer call. That call is scheduled to begin at 6.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 5.30 a.m. Central Standard Time, and 3.30 a.m. Pacific Time. That's our early morning intercessory prayer call, which, again, we go before the Lord for all of our concerns, all of our needs, all of our challenges, even thanksgiving, supplication, whatever you want to offer in prayer, join us on these early morning prayer calls. And I've told you about uh, the fifth Wednesday prayer call uh, we'll have in lieu of our Bible study. And for the ministry team, the church ministry team will be meeting instead of the 28th, we'll be meeting on Monday, February the 3rd at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So that's for the ministry team, which uh, will in, and will invite all church members, everyone that's committed to be a church member is invited to attend those calls. Our um, prayer focus for January, remember, is renewal, health, and strength. And Minister Juanita has offered uh, some scripture that we've included in our newsletter that you may include in your prayer time as you consider a renewal of the mind, body, and spirit uh, for health physically, emotionally, and spiritually, and for the strengthening. And we're praying those uh, focuses for ourselves, our families, our church family, our friends, our circle of influence for TIs all over the world and for the nation, in fact. So just pray for one another. Our daily prayer guide is in the newsletter, and today that focuses on the military. So if you have not already entered your personal prayer closet, please include prayers for the military. As always, Pastor Wood, uh, we want to remind you to always be looking out for someone to pray for and a time to go before the Lord in prayer. If you have prayer concerns during the week, reach out to us on the church's website at refugefromthestormchurch.org or refugefromstorm at aol.com, and either Pastor or Minister Juanita will uh, respond to your request and your call as soon as they're able. Now, one service has begun. Everyone will be muted by Sister um, Cheryl to protect the integrity of the service and to guard us any, against any unwanted intrusions as we have had sometimes in the past. So just note that you will be muted. So I thank you for your attention to the announcements. And uh, we do ask uh, that you remember Pastor in prayer 
as she is with her her mom, uh, remember Pastor and Mother Lula in your prayers as we go through the service. So right now, as we go higher in worship, we asked the Holy Spirit to come and minister uh, to us in a great way to remove any distractions and to come and inhabit the praise and the worship and the preach word of his people. And Holy Spirit, we invite you to come and flood this place with your presence, with this atmosphere of your, your, your fullness of the Lord today, O oh God. So we thank you that you're going to do just that for us, O oh God. So we say after a recorded song has been played, Elder Carolyn will lead us through the rest of the service, and we say, please be encouraged and blessed in worship today. Well, uh, thank you, Sister Gloria. Um, On the order of worship, I have that I'm singing the opening song, and I opted not to change that, so if it's all right with you and Cheryl and everyone else, I I will sing the song. Amen. Oh, amen. Oh, Lord, Lord, hear our prayer. Lord, hear our prayer. When we call, Answer us, oh Lord, hear our prayer, Lord, hear our prayer, come and listen to us, go down Moses, way down in Egypt's land, tell old Pharaoh, let my people go. When Israel was in Egypt's land, let my people go. Oppressed so hard they could not stand, let my people go, go down, Moses, way down in Egypt's land, tell Pharaoh, let my people go. Thus saith the Lord, both Moses said, let my people go. If not, I'll smite your firstborn dead. Let my people go. Go down, Moses. Way down in Egypt's land. Tell old Pharaoh. Let my people go. No more shall they in bondage toil. Let my people go. Let them come out with Egypt's spoil. 
Let my people go, go down, go there, way down in Egypt's land, tell Pharaoh, let my people go. The scripture of today is Psalm 27. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked came against me to eat up my flesh, my enemies and foes, they stumbled and fell. Though an army may encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war may rise against me, in this I will be confident. One thing I have desired of the Lord, that will I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. To behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple, for in the time of trouble, He shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret place of his tabernacle, he shall hide me. He shall set me high upon a rock. And now my head shall be lifted up above my enemies all around me. Therefore, I will offer sacrifices of joy in his tabernacle. I will sing, yes, I will sing praises to the Lord. Hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice. Have mercy also upon me and answer me. When you said, seek my face, my heart said to you, your face, Lord, I will seek. Do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger. You have been my help. Do not leave me nor forsake me. O God of my salvation, When my father and my mother forsake me, then the Lord will take care of me. Teach me your way, O Lord, and lead me in a smooth path because of my enemies. Do not deliver me to the will of my adversaries, for false witnesses have risen against me, and such as breathe out violence. I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Amen. Amen. Okay, let us pray. Oh, God, give me strength to live another day. Let me not turn coward before its difficulties or prove recreant to its duties. Let me not lose faith in other people. Keep me sweet and sound of heart in spite of ingratitude, treachery, or meanness. Preserve me from minding little stings or giving them. Help me to keep my heart clean 
and to live so honestly and fearlessly that no outward failure can dishearten me or take away the joy of conscious integrity. Open wide the eyes of my soul that I may see good in all things. Grant me this day some new vision of thy truth. Inspire me with the spirit of joy and gladness and make me the cup of strength to suffering souls in the name of the strong deliverer, our only Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Now let us listen to a praise and worship song and the altar prayer will follow.
Amen. 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 Heavenly Father, Lord Jesus, Holy Spirit, we praise and worship you as the one only true God. In advance, Lord, we thank you for ending this evil for us all in every organ and every cell of our bodies, in our minds, in every thought, dream, memory, word, feeling, action, reaction, inaction, interaction, in every relationship, in all that concerns us, in all that we have, all that we are. We pray that this evil, we pray this prayer for all on earth who are afflicted by this evil. We pray for the well-being of us and for all family members and all loved ones. We pray for all of us without a community or of support to find one that meets their needs. We pray in thanksgiving for all of the support groups within our community. We pray prayers of protection for all those who lead these groups, both here in the States and abroad, and for those known and unknown to us. We pray for all entities who dare to tell the truth about these atrocities. Dear Lord, we also pray for all of those who've betrayed us. As Acts 26:18 tells us to ask you to open their eyes and turn them from darkness to light, from the dominion of Satan to you, so they may receive forgiveness of sins and a place amongst those who are sanctified. Lord Jesus, we ask that you would come as the Prince of Peace and bring peace to all of us. Come and establish your dominion of peace in us and manifest yourself in such a way that we will know that you're here and allow us to feel the depths of your love. We ask that you rebuke all forces of darkness that are harming us and are seeking to harm us further. Rebuke, dear Lord, the forces of evil that are trying to keep us locked in this prison of trauma. We claim the spirit of love, power, and soundness of mind that you've promised to give us. We petition you, Lord God, to draw from us all the pain, the trauma, the shock, the fear, the terror, and the shame, bringing it all to death on your cross. You suffered and died for us, and we embrace with our hearts, minds, souls, and bodies all that you accomplished for us. Dear Lord, we entreat you by the power of the Holy Spirit to remove all traumatic memory that the enemy uses in our consciousness, unconsciousness, and subconsciousness that causes us to be fearful, have shame, and feel terrorized. Heal our immune systems and remove all toxins that the enemy places in our bodies. Heavenly Father, please remove the trauma from our eyes and ears. Wash over any images seared upon our souls with the blood of Jesus Christ. Remove the trauma from any words spoken and remove any disharmony, disease, or disorder that these words or images have caused. Sing your song of love over us and bring everything within us into agreement with your song and original design. In the name and by the blood of Jesus Christ, we prophesy order and healing into our spirits, our souls, and our bodies. Lord, remove any trauma or shame associated with scent, smell, or taste. Remove any trauma from our skin. 
Dear Lord, restore our wills and strengthen them in every way. Lord Jesus, we ask you to remove all shock, trauma, fear, terror, and shame from our organs, our muscles, ligaments, tendons, bones, and bone marrow. Bring your healing powers to our bodies and our minds and restore health, vitality, and vigor. Dear Lord, we ask you to break every attack of evil being waged against us, and we bind and send away every perpetrator attacking us. Lord Jesus, help us to receive your love, your peace, your rest, your wisdom, your protection, your provision, your healing, restoration, your forgiveness, and reconciliation. Keep us in your perfect peace, especially when we fall asleep and bring rest. Send heavenly hosts to guard our bodies and our minds when we fall asleep and quiet us with your love. Amen, 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 and amen. 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 Now to all worshipers, this is your invitation to giving. Our church refuge from the storm provides refuge from targeting by tending to the spiritual needs of those of us who are targeted. But we are also similar to other organizations in the targeted community in that we have financial needs to accomplish our goals. Please help us to continue ministering to the targeted community. So for those worshipers who are able, we'd like you to consider making a financial contribution. You can do this in any way you'd like and in any amount. We welcome one-time donations as well as weekly, monthly, quarterly, or annual contributions. To make your contribution, you have several options. You can go to our website, refugefromthestormchurch.org, or you can contact Pastor Millicent directly by email at mgrace321 at gmail.com or contact Sister Gloria, our administrative assistant, by email at refugefromstorm at aol.com. Thank you very much. Now let us listen to a praise and worship song and preparing our hearts, souls, and minds to receive the preached word, which today will be offered by Minister Pam and Pastor Terrence Wilson. We're interrupting. Minister Pamela and Terrence, are you there yet? You hear me? I can hear you, Helena. Cheryl, do you, can you tell if, if Mr. Pamela and Terrence are on yet? Yes, we're here. We just I felt I wasn't sure if there was going to be a song first, so we are here. So um, yes, I have a song prepared, but since um, Pastor is in the hospital, she usually forwards your selection so I thought I'd ask if you have a special selection I'd be, I'd be happy to play something encouraging that was um, he, he said Jesus is coming soon by um, I forgot who that's by like a bride waiting for his groom let's see I forgot who that's by yeah. Jesus is coming soon wait hold on I'll tell you it's called even so come by Christian Stanfield, S-T-A-N-F-I-L-L, even so come. 
Christian Stanfield. All right, right here. If you give me just a moment, okay, bring sure. it up.
God. We are calling for and looking for the Lord Jesus to come. That's the hope of every Christian on this earth, that we look forward to his coming. And we look for that day as a day of reward, as a day of relief, as a day of recompense, and the end of our salvation. Because that's why we're, the whole purpose of our, our salvation is to look forward to Christ. So I'm going to, everybody still hear me? Everybody hear me clearly? Yes. Okay, great. So we just want to just be grateful for the opportunity to be here again. Um, Sister Millicent called us a little while ago to say that her mother was going to the hospital, so we were just all, we stayed some time in prayer with her, and we're keeping her lifted up that she would be well and that God's will will be done in her health and in the situation with her health. And um, we just want to continue to encourage the body of Christ and the people at Refuge for the church, for the, from the Storm Church, because we are just sort of a continuously in fellowship with you and have undergone some of the same types of things, but not to the, the greater extent that many people have on this call. But we know that any kind of suffering, as we said recently, is, as we're Christians, is a portion of our suffering with Jesus Christ on the cross. But even with that, and we know that that's the case, the suffering is painful. It is often um, debilitating in many ways. There is, in some cases, nobody that can even understand some of the types of suffering that we go through, especially some of us, because some of the things are so clandestine and so wicked that they're hidden from the sight of most people that might even be able to help. So we just want to let you know that we do understand that, although we do not go through some of the same things physically as some, some of the people do that are in the targeted community. We have been through a lot of types of um, mostly like stalking types of situations. And we always have to remind ourselves that these things would not be happening had it not been for a particular calling on our lives. And People that are in Christ call to do something for the Lord, and many times I believe that some of the things that happen are a result of that calling, to undermine our calling, to stop our calling. And even if the devil can't stop us completely, what, he'll, what he will try to do is slow us down or uh, make it incomplete and, or just get us so distracted with the cares of this world that we don't finish that assignment. So I think two things we need to do. We need to look forward to what the assignment is and, and look forward to the day of the Lord and just continue to press forward in that assignment. Press forward in every piece of, of um, pain and liken that to fellowship with the Lord Jesus on the cross. Good evening, everybody. How is everybody doing today? Oh, God bless you. I hope everybody's doing well. 2020. Uh, I'm going to start in the commentary first, uh, the greater cloud of witnesses. Many of us, <clears throat> many of us have had people to go home to be with the Lord, and um, they were in Christ Jesus. But, you know, in 2 Corinthians, chapter 5, talks about absent the body presence of the Lord. And through we experience trial, troubles and trials, we cannot 
we can be comforted in the fact that we are being watched by God and his heavenly The Bible calls us a greater cloud of witnesses. Hebrews 12, chapter 1 and 2, and I'm going to start out there. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin which so easily ensnares us. And let us run the race with endurance, the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who is for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross, despising shame, and has sat down at the right hand of God on the throne, on the right hand of the throne of God. Jesus understood that his message was going to come with some persecution. It was going to come with the cross being nailed to the cross. He understood that he was going to be almost assassinated at that time. I guess it's called murder at that time. It's still called murder today. But they didn't have guns at that time. But he understood that his life was actually at risk at all times. But he knew that his mission before that he could be given over to the hands of sinful men that he had to finish the will of God for his life. That's why when you notice in the New Testament when Jesus was born uh, in the book of Matthew, John, Luke, and Mark, he talks about, um, I, must, I must do the will of my Father, which is in heaven. When Jesus mandated a calling on our life, we must be about the Father's business. And the calling that he has set before us, Paul was talking about this in Hebrews, and then he talks about finishing the race in Timothy. So I will stop right there. We are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. I want you to think about this. If you ever see the Olympics, which is going to be the next Olympics this year, is going to be in Tokyo, Japan. And when we had the Olympics here in Atlanta, we had, they had just built the Georgia Dome, and it, it was filled to capacity to the roof line. And there were so many people in there you could not number. But the people down in the arena at the bottom that were the athletes were looking as they, as they won the gold, silver, bronze. They looked up, waving to the crowd from their country. Every nation was present there. And the one was the winner was awarded. First had the gold, second silver, and then the bronze. But as they people did their, their performance as an athlete, their professional craft and as an athlete, they were surrounded by the whole dome of witnesses, witnessing what was happening at that moment. Paul is talking about we have a greater cloud of witnesses in heaven seated with God. Those are the ones that are the angels, the heavenly hosts. Those are the ones that go home to be with the Lord, the ones that are our family members. We have a whole cheering squad cheering for us, praying for us, interceding for us, letting us know we are here and we are for you. We are we're supporting you until we see you again in Jesus' name. Amen. And that, that's the thing, too, about understanding that God is watching us. God sees everything. There is a, some scriptures, and I, we had kind of a short notice to prepare, but I, I want to talk about this the next time I minister. That, that God sits high and looks low, that there's, there's nothing on this whole earth that escapes his, his eyes. So let's go to Second Chronicles. 16. Chapter 4. Oh, I'm sorry. Second Chronicles, chapter 16, verse 9. 
Second Chronicles 16 and 9. Here we go. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal <clears throat> to him. In this you have done. Okay. Okay, wait. Foolishly, and therefore from now on you shall have wars. Okay, so he's talking to people. These are enemies of people of God. He says they're done foolishly, and, they, and that's where their wars come from. Psalms 11 and 4, which is another scripture. I'm just, gonna, I'm just laying a foundation to demonstrate about God's view of us. 11 and 4. Okay. So the Lord is in this holy temple. The Lord's throne is in heaven. His eyes behold. His eyelids, eyelids cease on the son of men. The Lord tests the righteous, but the wicked and the one who loves violence, his soul he hates. Upon the wicked he will rain coals. Fire and brimstone and burning wind shall be the portion for their, that cup. For the Lord is righteous. He loves righteousness, and his countenance beholds the upright. So it just really says that. I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't always seem to show that God is, is upholding us and punishing people that are wrongdoers, because in, it, for, in many ways it seems that wrongdoers prosper. But... I, you, let it be clear that God does see everything and that the time of his judgment and his justice will come. And it might not come when we think it should, but it will. Now, there's a, there's a scripture. Um, okay, I'm going to read this. For the ways, let's see, this is Proverbs 5.21. Proverbs 5.21. For the ways of, the, of man are before the eyes of the Lord, and he ponders his path. Okay. Um, his own iniquities entrap the wicked man, and his and is caught in the cause of sin. Okay, so God can see the wicked. Um, we there's only so much we can do fighting in the in our natural body. Even if we have the police and courts and every other thing, there's really no court in the land that can see everything. And many times court rulings come out incorrect. But we know that God is our ultimate justice. I like there's a scripture, I don't have it in front of me, but it says the righteous will be recompensed in the earth. There's another one that says we will see the reward of the Lord in the land of the living, meaning while we're alive. And I remember like reading on, um, I think it was, I guess it was Martin Luther King's tomb when he says free at last, free at last, saying that in death he was free. But someone wrote a poem that said that dying to have freedom is a slave's freedom. And in the poem it says, we seek the freedom of free men. And so we know that at death we'll have peace and, and comfort. But we don't want to wait until we die to see our reward. To see our reward. And I believe, according to what the Bible says, he says, we will see our reward in the land of the living. The righteous will be recompensed in the earth, meaning while on earth, both good and bad. The bad people will be punished on this earth and and, and after, and the good people will be rewarded on this earth and after. I've gone through a few things over time, um, even in just the last few recent years, and something was really happening against me that I continued to make known to authorities, and they either didn't understand or didn't care or both. And I ended up getting somewhat of a negative backlash on myself for something that somebody else had done to me that was bad. And I could not, I kept trying to say for years what had happened. This is part of this targeting, and I can't really go into detail about it. But ultimately, though, 
that even though everything looked like it was going to be in the hand of the evildoers, and everything looked like the evildoers' intent was going to prevail, it didn't at the end. And I'm talking that to the to years later to the really to the very, 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 very end. Even like the day before I found out some stuff that went in my favor, it kind of looked like it was going to be in the evildoers' favor. And I just kept saying, Lord, you, you see this, you saw this. And this is why I like this scripture that says that the Lord sees everything. Because my husband was saying to me, God sees it, he knows what happened, you know, you have to wait on the Lord. And I, I was just convinced that even if it turned out negatively, that that was God's will too, because I had made sure that I had sort of just checked myself to make sure that I did everything that God had told me to do to be patient, to report things to authorities, to, you know, doing all the things that I knew God wanted me to do, even though it looked like there was nothing. And, I, you know, you can get a little discouraged saying, okay, don't you see this, Lord? And it's just like John the Baptist, and I'll give you that example. John the Baptist was in jail. He was about to be executed. He was going to be beheaded because the Herod, Herod's daughter had made a, just a game about his imprisonment. It was and was saying to her father, I want you to cut his head off, you know, to, to please me and, and everything. He sat in that jail, and he thought, he knew Jesus was the Messiah. And, it could, you know, they were actually related, too, you know that. But he just was, like, wondering. He asked Jesus, or he sent a word, I guess, to some people that came to see him in prison, to ask Jesus, are you the one or should we look for another? And he really said that in a sort of a, frustr- out of frustration. He's like, I'm still sitting in this jail. I'm going to get killed. You're the Messiah. What are you going to do? And he basically was saying, are you the one? And he knew he was the Messiah. But he was saying it to be smart because he was, he was upset and he was frustrated because he was like, if you're God, why am I still in jail? Why am I getting ready to die in here? And, I, and I'm hoping, and the Bible doesn't say this part, but I'm, pretty, I'm hoping that he at the end said, nevertheless, not my will but thine be done, that he, he was executed. And he was in 100% in the will of God. Same thing with Jesus. He might, I don't know if he said it like that, but he asked the Lord, pass this cup from me. So John the Baptist felt like you feel, like I feel. I went, oh, my Lord, I know you see this. What, what's going on here? These, this certain thing happened. It was un, injustice. You saw it. I know you did. If nobody else did, you saw it. Plus it was, it was on camera, but I, I digress. It was on a physical an earthly camera, too. <clears throat> I said, but even if the people didn't care that it was on camera, I said, God, I know you see this. And at the end, God's will was done. My husband says this all the time. Your trouble, the persecution, targeting, and anything that comes against you, it has, number one, it has an expiration date, and number two, God is looking at every single thing that happens. Now, before I go further, I did want to add one more thing to that. The Bible also says that God is omnipresent and omnipotent. So he's everywhere. He sees everything. Nothing escapes the eyes of the Lord. And we know that to be true because there's a testimony of Jonah when he ran away from the will of God. And God told him to go to Nineveh. So we know that God showed him, you can go to the ends of the earth. I, I can see every step you take on the planet. And if you went to the bottom of the sea with a breathing apparatus, I could see you there. If you went to the furthest part of the galaxy of space, I could see everything you're doing. Let's move on to the next topic. It's called, because we are one with Jesus, we may suffer, but God is in control. How many of you know that? And how many of you are persuaded? And how many of you, you actually believe that to the depths of your soul? Because we are one with Christ, 
through Jesus, Christ Jesus, we, are, we may suffer, but God is in control. A lot of people say God is in control, but do they really believe that God is in control? Okay, so I'm going to read from 2 Corinthians chapter 4, 8 to 11. It says this. Paul writes this right here. We are hard-pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Always caring about in the body of dying to of the Lord Jesus Christ, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our bodies. For we who live are also delivered to death from, from, for Christ's sake, that the life of Christ also may be manifested in, uh, in our mortal flesh. So Paul says we've we gone through it. Before we started going through any kind of persecution, Paul and them have experienced this 2,000 years ago, and Jesus before him, right. after he was ascended into the heaven in the last book of John, then Paul came into the, the Bible don't mention Paul until after Jesus ascends into heaven, and he's going to Acts, then you start seeing about Paul on the road to Damascus, visitation of Christ. And so Paul uh, experienced persecution for over, up to about 40 years, preaching the gospel. For 40 years, he carried the burdens of the church, the responsibility, the troubles, the trials, the tribulations, the beatings, thrown in jail on, on floors, dirty floors, and rats crawl over his body in jails and stuff like that. But let, I'm going to say this. I will submit this to you right now that any time we suffer as Christians, not for things that we created on our own, there's two different kind of persecution. One is because you created that problem on your own. Like you caused the problem, you went and did something that was caused a natural response. Like you went out, you know, you could have went out and overspent too much money and you got a lot of debt and you say, well, it's the devil. No, what the devil? You just ran up the credit card. That's all it was. Those two different things. I'm talking about suffering for righteousness sake. That's two different things. You can create your problem. That's a world issue. And the other one is when you pick up the cross and you say, Jesus, I deny myself, pick up a cross, and I will follow you. And Paul says this right here in Second Corinthians chapter 4. Eight, verse 8 to 11, we are hard-pressed, we're not cast down. He's describing we're going through all these mm -hmm. ins and outs, but we are not cast down. And listen to what he said, we are not forsaken, but bearing the marks of Jesus Christ. Now I'm going to hand that back over back to you, Pamela, right now. Go ahead. Amen. And I love that scripture that says we're cast down for not forsaken because we have to, did you pull that up? Yes, we have to continue to know that, and we have to continue to encourage ourselves with that, and we have to continue to say these things. And I and I say I've said this before, but it's worth, it's worth repeating. You will get negative thoughts or fear or despair or things coming to you saying, "Oh, it's no use. It's, there's no hope. You might as well just give up and die. You might as well just, you know, leave the church, or you might as well, leave, you know, leave Christ and just I had more fun in the world." But the thing is, when those things come to you that, that seem discouraging, I remember this person that really preached the truth at, at that time at least. He said, you cannot fight thoughts with thoughts. Please write this down. You cannot fight thoughts with thoughts. You can only fight thoughts with words. So when you start thinking of those things, those thoughts 
The Bible says to cast down thoughts in every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. How do you bring thoughts into the captivity? By saying the word over it. You speak the word over it. So say you're afraid one day. You start saying, for God has not out loud, not in your mind, now if you're at work or somewhere, you can't go in the bathroom, go in your car at lunchtime. For God has not given me the spirit of fear, but the spirit of power and love and a sound mind. And then if, it, if, you're, if you're somewhere that you can't maybe go, make it like you're singing a song. I've done that before. I've just started singing songs because, I mean, you know, a lot of people sing at their desk or something, and that doesn't seem that odd. Start singing songs. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. You know, you can sing that, or you can sing another Christian song, or put on the Christian radio and start singing along with it. But make sure that you're making a sound. That is how you fight. Ephesians 6 talks about putting on the full armor of God, and the one offensive weapon is the Word of God. And the Word of God is like a sword. It's called the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. So with that sword, and I know you all know this, because everybody knows about Ephesians 6, and we all should since what we go through. I'm sure we've memorized it. But that is the one weapon of offense. So the word itself is, is a weapon, but in your mouth, it is, it's, it's like shooting. Like say the word, your word itself is a bullet, and in your mouth it's like shooting the bullet out of a gun. So you can have the bullet, but in that gun it becomes very, very powerful. And I'm not, I'm not advocating gun violence. I'm just using that as an example because I have a military background. And so in the military... They show you all the tools that you have to use. And one of the major tools is know who your enemy is, and we know our enemy is an unseed foe. Ephesians 6 says we wrestle not against flesh and blood. But we gotta, you've got to have words. You've got to have scripture that you can say, um, okay, just say some topics to me, like say the fear, anger, just say different things, and I'll tell you what I mean by that. You just, like, I'm like, like coming against like a spirit attack. Have not God said you should not throw yourself down? Why don't you cast yourself down? Okay. You know, man, the word of God says, man. Uh, man should not live by bread, bread alone, but by every, but every word proceeded out of the mouth. Okay, just say something in right. normal, in normal okay. ways, like in, in the earth, like normal sense. Do you really believe that Jesus is coming back? Yes, he is. The word of God says, I'm coming and my reward is with me. Amen. Okay, and I'll say one to you. Do you believe that there is a God? Yes, he says. It's, a fool says in her heart there is no God. So God, is God, and he who comes to God must believe that he is and he's a rewarder of them who diligently seek him. See, that's how you've got to be able to come back like that. You can't. And I didn't look anything up. It's in, it's, in my, it's in my arsenal because that is in me that if somebody says that, I, just, I didn't even tell them what topic. We didn't even know we were going to do this. But say like God says, um, well, oh, you're gonna go, run, are you going to get run over tomorrow in the street? Right. Well, I would say, you know, his, he'll, God will give his angels charge over to keep me from Amen. any harm or anything. Amen. And by that, I'll say, no weapon form that gets me shall there you prosper. Go. And you say it okay. out loud. So right. these things are going to come from other people. Right. They might come from um, in your mind right. because the devil will do that. It might come from different kinds of targeting that come. But you've got to open your mouth and talk. And you can't just say, Lord, uh, this thing is targeting me, and oh, I feel so sad that this is happening. And the thing about fear is, one thing, the fear, the Bible said, if you're, if you're fearful, it says fear not, sudden destruction for the, when the wicked come in like a flood, because God will raise up a standard against the wicked one. But all God needs us to do is activate our faith. That's it. <laughs> now let me go to, uh, now I'm going to go to Romans chapter 8, verse 16 to 18 right now. And we're going to say this. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit 
that we are children of God. And if God's children, then heirs and heirs of God, joint heirs with Christ, indeed, we will suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. together. And number 18, for I consider that the sufferings of this present times are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Amen. Amen. That's what Paul says. Amen. And, and so we have a glorious hope. But the thing that I really, really want y'all to do, and you may have already done this. I don't know if everybody done this, does this. The one thing I learned, I, get, I keep a little notebook, and I'm kind of old-fashioned. I still do stuff on paper where everybody else does it on their phone. But um, I keep little index cards, and I mentioned this before. But I don't even actually have to look at them because so much of that stuff has been committed to my memory. And so just as much as you remember, like, the Pledge of Allegiance or, I don't know, when you were a kid, you probably know the words to all the, the pop songs that you like to sing, like, we grew up with the Jackson 5, and I bet you I know how every word to I'll be there and ABC. So get to know the word that you could open your mouth and say it. If somebody, if you get a thought like, um, you know, I might as well give up. God, God just doesn't even care what happens to me. Oh, but God loves me with an everlasting love, he says. He said, I will never leave you. He, he said to me, he'll never leave me or forsake me. So in the name of Jesus, I'm just not receiving that thought. I will not receive it because God already told me he, uh, look, he has a future and a hope for me. He said, I know the plans I have for you, plans to give you. So these are the things that you say. You've got to be able to say those things and fight the good fight. That's what he means by fighting, not physically because, you know, I had to learn that fighting is not physical for us, because we wrestle not against flesh and blood. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Right after that, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bring every thought into captivity. Bring your thoughts into captivity. You might be ready to quit. You might be ready to give up on God, but he will not give up. He has not and will, nor will he ever give up on you. Okay. Psalms 121, verse 1 to 4. I will lift up my eyes to the hills, from whence cometh my help. My help comes from the Lord, who made heaven and earth. He will not allow my foot to be moved, for he who keeps will oh, he who keep will not slumber. Behold, he will keep he who keeps Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. For Amen. the Lord is the keeper and the shade upon my right hand. Amen. Okay. So God is here and I can't tell you that I have not felt in, at times that I'm just so discouraged because I have been. I mean, I don't think anybody th that's a human being hasn't. I mean, whether you're a Christian or not. Because being a Christian does not mean... I remember one time when my father passed away. And somebody in my... And I, you know, I was crying. I was like, oh, my dad is gone. And this person said, well, you're a Christian, so you're supposed to believe in heaven, so why are you crying? I'm like, are you serious? I mean, I'm still a human being. Jesus cried when John the Baptist died. It, it, is, am I greater than him? So just because you are a Christian and you have faith does not mean that you're not going to despair. You're not going to cry. But you can cry. It's good. Cry. Sometimes you can even tell God that you're not happy, that you don't see why he's doing this. He can take it. He's okay with it. I mean, I'll give you a scene of this movie that I really, really love. I love the movie Forrest Gump. Because Forrest Gump was somebody that everybody counted out. People were mean to him. Everybody seen the, most of you probably have seen the movie. People were, they bullied him from the time he was in elementary school. And every time they bullied him, God 
showed up some kind of other way. Now, the good thing about him is that he was mentally challenged, so he couldn't really maybe understand everything that was trying to come against him, like people picking on him, making fun. He didn't even get some of the jokes because he didn't get it. But every time they thought they were doing bad, he, they tried to chase him one day, and he had braces on his legs, and I know you probably remember this, you've seen the movie. While they were chasing him, trying to beat him up, he ran away, and the braces fell off his legs, and he, at that point he discovered that he could run fast. He had a gift. Another time they were trying to beat him up when he was in high school, and they had a truck that time. First time they had bicycles, this time they grew up, and they had a truck trying to chase him and beat him up. He ran again, outran the truck, and he ran into a football field where he ran so fast down the football field that the coach saw him and gave him a scholarship to go to this very prestigious university in Alabama. Alabama that, University. And they won Super I mean, not Super Bowls. What do they call it? They uh, won championships. College championships. So, but the thing about him is that he, God, um, I was trying to use one of the scenes, and I can't remember. What scene? Well, let me read this last one. Okay, see that. Now think about this. Okay, okay. Romans 8.28 says this. Oh, I remember what it is. Okay, go ahead. And we know that all things work together for the good of those who love God to those who are called, be called be according called. to his purpose. Now, we're called be called. But let me, before I go on with that, I want to tell you one of the scene I remember was in Forrest Gump, there was one guy that had, um, had a war injury and he had... Hold on. Can you, can you guys still hear me? Anybody hear me? Yeah. Yes. You guys can? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay, it went, something happened, but hold on one second. I'm going to put the speaker right now. Okay, here we go. So there was one person in the movie that was, a good, it was Forrest Gump's uh, commanding officer, and he had gotten his leg uh, blown off in the war. He got injured in a, in a firefight, and he lost both of his legs, <coughs> legs from the knee down. So he was really angry, and he was angry at God. Okay, he was so angry. Forrest Gump had gone to this church and kind of basically got born again. He started going to a black church. He couldn't clap on, on cue, but he was good and saved. Okay, he was saved. And that just gets, goes to show you that how God can touch the, the people that people count out. God is right there with them. So he had gotten saved, but his friend, which used to be his boss, was angry with God still. He was so angry with God. So when he was, they were out in a storm one day. And he was yelling at God. He said, I don't care. If you want to kill me, go ahead and kill me. Come on and get me. I don't care. I'm going to, you know, he was like yelling and screaming at God. Well, I'm not suggesting anybody do that, but here's why I said that. Because God still loved that man. And God still was, God could, saw the pain in that man's heart. Because he said, you just go ahead and kill me then. He could have killed him. Could have. But God had compassion because he knew that that man was hurting. So I'm not saying yell at God or anything, but just cry out and say, God, I'm hurting. We're, you know, I'm, help me understand this pain. Help me understand. That guy was busy saying that. And right then, the next scene, Forrest Gump said, no, he never said so, but I think that, that Lieutenant Dan made peace with God that night. He made peace with God that night because God showed compassion and the love by, by not killing them. And after that, the windows of heaven opened up, and that's when they started getting all the shrimp because there were all the other boats were destroyed and they, that man became successful and he got, he went, got some uh, artificial legs and got a wife and all this other stuff. But I'm saying that to say that he just was angry with God. And God was having storms and he just looked at that little man. He probably looked at that, my poor little son down there. He's mad at me and I, I can understand his pain because I, I myself was on the cross and I was, you know, and I was upset too and I cried or something. 
You know, so God does understand our pain. And, and when um, Terrence is reading from Romans 8.28. I'm going to review everything, but I want to read one more scripture because I want, but I want okay. you to get that. So Romans 8.28 says that all things work together for the good, for those who love God, and for those who are, and please do not leave this word out, the, T-H-E, called according to their purpose. Most people say the scripture like this. All things work together for the good for those who are called according to his purpose. It's not for those who are called. It's for those who are the called. T-H-E, meaning a specific group of people is called the called. Not everybody is called. Okay? Some people are called the called, and there are a group of people like all of us who are suffering on the front lines for God. You've got to read that scripture in the way that it is. Just like Jesus, people say Jesus Christ, and they never, they never really say Jesus the Christ because there's only one Christ. So I like when people say Jesus the Christ because he's the Christ. Now, I want to say this before I do my review. I'm, I wanted to add one more scripture in that. In the last days, the Bible, I want you to turn to Ezekiel, this last one, 7 and 19. And a lot of people are getting you, you're hearing people making huge sums of money, storing up great wealth, and they're going to have hundreds of million dollars. Now, God is not against people having wealth. It's the problem that they made the wealth their God instead of the God that we serve, Jesus Christ. If God don't have no problem with somebody being rich, is that do your riches have you or do God have you? That's the problem. So a lot of these people after this stuff in the Old Testament, after the rapture of the church, Revelation chapter 4 and 1, the church is taken away, and all lawlessness, the Holy Ghost is gone, the Christian is gone now. So that's going to be all chaos and confusion. Ezekiel 7 and 9, because these people think that their money is going to save them now. But here's what God is going to say in Ezekiel chapter 7, 19. After the rapture of the church, they threw all their silver and gold in the street, and their gold was not, and their gold was like it was refused. Mm-hmm. And their silver and gold were not able to deliver them in the day of the wrath of the Lord. And it, it, did, not, it did not satisfy their souls, nor fill their stomachs, because it became a stumbling block of iniquity to them. Mm-hmm. So God used their own wealth as a witness against them. You put your trust in wealth, God said, I tell you what, you let your wealth save you. If you put your trust in me, I'm the savior of the world. I can save you. Amen. And we can't afford right now to get caught up in worldly uh, pursuits and worldly focuses. Um, When God likes, we like, we're supposed to, and when he dislikes, we dislike. I try very hard not to get caught up in any type of you know, social stuff, I, we don't, we very seldom use social media. I use it for my work, and pretty much that's it, okay? I did have a Facebook page, and I had three friends on it. One was my mother, one was my sister, and one was my son. And then I think I had, like, two friends from high school or something. And I don't, I don't even think I've gone on that thing in years. So I don't get caught up in social media. We don't get caught up in political arguments. We, get, we want to continue to be caught up in Christ. And so when people start having Christians become so enamored of uh, certain political viewpoints or even um, celebrity entertainment. I see a lot of Christian artists now. They're celebrities. They go to, you don't know the difference between them and other people in Hollywood that's that's singing for, for the world or that's doing worldly stuff. It's too many pursuits that can take us away from God, too many focuses. You know, uh, I mean, when I wasn't saved, I mean, I, I, I used to like going out dancing. I used to like, you know, 
things like that or listening to secular music and I had my favorite people, you know, growing up or even when I was an adult, secular music I liked. But I focus on Christ. I do not listen to secular radio very seldom unless it's the news. I mean, I, wa- I do watch TV some, but we watch, mostly watch old, older shows like old sitcoms and things like that because so many of the stuff that right now that's on, it is so, it's, it's just worldly. And it's like when you, when you get so caught up, I mean, like they'll say this person's getting an award, and I'm, I'll be like, who's that? I remember we were at work one day, and we have a conference call, and they were talking about some, something, I don't know. And they were saying, oh, so-and-so, they're like a big star. And this, this particular kid got arrested in Atlanta because, uh, anyway, at our job, we deal with some government stuff. That this, and this person was a huge star. He lives in Atlanta. These people, my coworkers were all over the country. And they were like, I said, oh, I'd never heard of the person. I had ne- they were like, what? He, had a, he won a Grammy. I'm like, I, did, I had no idea. That's how much I am disconnected from popular culture. And I, I'm glad I am. I have to keep up with it somewhat because of my job, but... We don't have to get caught up in popular culture. We don't have to get caught up in popular arguments. I don't care about any secular music. I don't care movies. My husband's always like, who's that? And he's like, so-and-so won a Grammy. My husband's like, who's that? So-and-so won an Oscar. Who's that? We don't know who these people are. I mean, I know some of the older people like Denzel Washington, Cicely Tyson, you know, some people, you know, some of the bigger major stars. But these, we don't get caught up in it because we try to put our mind on Christ. We try to do stuff with our family and travel and, you know, minister to our senior citizens. So I suggest to people, I don't know how young or old people are on this call, and it's probably is harder for younger people because younger people, they, I mean, their whole entire life revolves around electronics. But um, put your mind on the Lord if, if you can because that's where we need to be right now. I mean, he's coming back. He's coming back. He's coming back with quickness. All right. So the overview right now is this. Even um, though we experience troubles and trials, we can take comfort in the fact that we are being watched by God and his heavenly host. The Bible calls it the great cloud of witnesses. And I, and I read, we read, me and Pamela both read from Hebrews chapter 1 and 2. Uh, we talk about the, uh, God watches over the whole earth, Second Chronicles 16 and 9, Psalms 11 and 4, uh, Proverbs chapter 5, verse 21. And then we, the subtle context was because we are one with Christ Jesus, that we may suffer with him, and, and God is in control. Now, Paul was talking about this, 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and 8, 11, Romans chapter 8 to 16 to 18, Psalms 121 uh, to 1 through 4, and the last one, God works all things together to for believers, Romans chapter 8, 28. May God add a blessing to the reading of his word. I also like to uh, praise God and salute the Lord King Jesus for Dr. Jack Van Impey, who passed away a couple days ago, a great man of God, uh, preached end-time prophecies about the last days. I like to give out, my wife and I give out greatest condolences to him and his wife. We went to see them in a conference, end-time prophecy prophets. But Jack Benetti preached uh, over 25, uh, over 40, 50 years in the ministry and did a great work. I can only imagine what Jesus said to him when he entered into heaven's gates. Well, well, well done, my good and faithful servant. And I'll say this to his, out of his own words, he said, this, be faithful unto death. Mm-hmm. And Jesus said, I'll give you a crown of life. Mm-hmm. Be faithful unto death. 
and I will give you a crown of a life. Say one more time, be faithful unto death, and you will inherit a crown of life. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you. Amen. 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 Minister Pam and Pastor Terrence, thank you for your sermon of assurance and comfort to the Lord and most of all for offering the preach word us on such short notice. We are most appreciative and we know that God blesses you in a special way today. Thank you. Now let us listen to a praise and worship song. Praising God for the delivery of Minister Pam and Pastor Terrence's message uh, today, which offered us so many blessings. That will be followed by the invitation to discipleship.
We thank all of you who are worshiping with us today on the phone or on the Internet. We invite you to discipleship and offer a prayer of salvation. We pray that you've received all the blessings that God has given you during this service. Remember, Jesus loves you. He's in the healing business for those who are lonely, brokenhearted, or at the end of their road. Here are some steps to take on the road to salvation. Admit you're a sinner. Be willing to repent or turn away from sin. Believe that Jesus Christ died for you and rose again. Invite Jesus into your heart to be your Lord and Savior. Pray this prayer. Dear God, I know I'm a sinner. I know I am not where I want to be, and I want your forgiveness. I believe that Jesus died on the cross to pay the price for my sins. Please wash me clean from all sin, shame, and guilt. Come into my life, Jesus, to be my Lord and Savior. I ask this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Then unite with Refuge from Storm Church or Bible-based church in your local community. Start reading the Bible. For prayer or for suggestions on how to start your journey through the Bible, you're invited to email us at mgrace321 at gmail.com. We urge you also to read a, a daily devotional to get the most inspiration from the Holy Spirit during your Bible reading. Here are some suggestions for devotionals that are free online. Our own Refuge from Storm newsletter, published weekly, is free. And in order to receive it, if you're not already on our list, send an email to refugefromstorm at aol.com. Ourdailybread.org is free online. Intouch.org, gracefox.com, or pastorrick.org. Other suggestions for and this is for free print devotionals, you can go to, you can have them sent to you by going to ourdailybread.org or you can go to intouch.org. For purchase online and in print, I recommend upperroom.org, especially for beginners in the work. Thank you. Now, let us listen to our closing praise and worship song, which will be followed by final remarks and a benediction.
Amen. Amen. Thank you, everyone, who has come to worship with us today at Refuge from Storm Church. We pray that you've been spiritually nourished and nurtured by the worship service through scripture, the prayers, the praise songs, and the message, which Minister Pam and Pastor Terrence delivered to us today. We hope that all of you can return to us next Saturday. We also thank all of the ministry team members who contributed to the service today. That includes Sister Gloria, who introduces the service and who produces our lovely and highly informative newsletter, which also serves the church's written guide to spiritual matters. We thank 
Sister Cheryl, who did the bulk of handling our board today, and Sister Helena, who assisted today, as she is. And we pray that uh, for a full recovery uh, for her, and she is sick, uh, is sick today. If you would like to pray with us during the week, we meet on the conference call on Wednesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays at 6.30 Eastern, 5.30 Central, and 3.30 Pacific Time. This Wednesday, uh, we will have a special, which is the fifth Wednesday of the month, we, we will have a special prayer session, which... Minister Juanita will offer instead of Bible study this Wednesday. It is offered at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Central, and 5 p.m. Pacific time. Are there any uh, corrections or additions to the final remarks? Sister Gloria, do you have any? No, thank you. Oh, okay, thank you. We conclude our service now with the benediction. Grant, we beseech thee, almighty God, that the words which we have heard this day with our outward ears may, through thy grace, be so grafted inwardly in our hearts that they may bring forth in us the fruit of good living through the honor and praise of thy name, through Jesus Christ our Lord. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all, now and evermore. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Let us go in peace. Now, uh, Minister Pam and Pastor Terrence, Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.